Right, welcome back to the podcast. So we're back with another episode today and we have a guest on. So me and Dan have been saying the last few weeks we're going to get some guests on. And um, since Dan's been away on holiday, we've been a couple of weeks without recording anything. So today we've got a good one for you guys. We have Erin Thompson on the podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Erin. Thank you so much. And it's actually my fault there's not been an episode. <laughs> I, I didn't want to bring that up, but yeah. Because... <laughs> I was supposed to be on a couple of weeks ago, but I had a little issue with my car, so I couldn't I couldn't get on the the podcast on the day that we originally planned. So I'm glad that we've managed to to finally get it, get it organized. But just before we got on the call, he was saying how about my speaker? You've got a microphone. I have a mic. <laughs> I feel so professional with this mic. Oh. So, so this is this is going to go out as an audio but at some point we might make a youtube channel with all these episodes so that's why um like nobody can actually see our mics when they listen to this but for those listening to this just to give you a visual right now i'm sitting here holding a mic and erin has got a really really fancy multicolored mic with a spit guard on it <laughs> i think you need to to launch this one on youtube this could be the first yeah it's just so everybody can see your mic so this this is going to be the pilot on youtube <laughs> um right so for those who don't know anything about you Aaron, do you want to give yourself a little introduction as to who you are and why you're a cool guest for our podcast i okay I, I'm, I'm not the best with introductions i'm like where do i start so i'm erin i am 27 i'm from aberdeen in scotland i actually train out a warehouse gym as well so I am honoured to be part of the part of the podcast and to be one of your guests. Um, I started bodybuilding in 2018, where I started as a bikini athlete. So I competed in my first two competitions as a bikini competi- competitor in the, the PCA. I won the overall that year and then transitioned into figure. So transitioned into figure because my body shape just suited it so much better. Like I am not built to be a bikini competitor. I think I was the most jacked bikini competitor up on that stage at the time. Um, PCA have definitely leveled up now. Um, But transitioned into figure, did one show in the UK in 2019 19, to get my regional qualifier to compete in a pro to, to, to try and get my pro card and then I competed in Italy that <laughs> year and won my won my pro card so although I, I, I like I still feel like I'm kind of like a newbie in terms of like competitors because like com- competitions because I've not done that much shows in the grand scheme of things like I took a year out after I won my pro card to gain muscle and then I competed in two shows in 2020 in the Bahamas and also in Orlando and that was my my first season as a as a professional and then took another year out and I'm now back in prep now to see how I get on against the big girls in Europe which is exciting right nice one. let's let's go back a few steps because I've got about 28 questions of what you just said. So first of all, when you started competing, um, was your goal, so let's say your first show within PCA, Bikini, 
was your goal eventually to be a pro at that time or were you just kind of getting your feet wet with it like seeing how it went so when i i was oblivious to what bodybuilding competitions were until about 10 months about, about a year before i actually started competing I went and did my PT course down in down in Glasgow and a girl that was on the course did competition. She competed with WBFF and I've got a very competitive streak. I, I, I'm a very competitive person and I used to swim for Scotland and I used to do Highland dancing um, at quite a high level as I was younger. So when she when she mentioned that there was bodybuilding competitions, I was like, "Whoa, I'm intrigued to see to see to see what this is about." So I entered my first show going completely into the unknown. I had never done a competition. I'd never been to a show before. I didn't know what to expect. But it was that first prep that I found my passion for bodybuilding and realized that this is what I was destined to do. Like I realized how much I loved it. So I started educating myself on it, started like being so involved within the, the industry that after that show and starting to understand the different federations, it was after that show, I was like, I want to win my IFBB pro card. So it was, it was the, then I went on to do the, the British. And at that time, they wasn't giving out pro cards. They wasn't giving out any sort of status. There wasn't any money or anything. So I had won the overall at the British finals and got absolutely nothing for it. And I was like, this is now the time that I need to, to move on. Even though like I still felt very new, I was like, I need to, to move on because I've, I've ticked that box here and ticked that box there. Yeah. And I don't fit into IFBB bikini. So it was a case of going back to the drawing board and like starting start starting essentially from the, the beginning the beginning again to to fit into my class. But even then it's because I was I, I was completely oblivious at the start. I did I just I at the time at the time the, the it was the girl that I met at my at the where I was doing my PT, that is the girl that was coaching me because I didn't know anything at the time. So yeah, there's one thing that I recommend is to anybody that is wanting to potentially compete, make sure they put put a lot of time into actually educating yourself before you do go into the process. Yeah, that's solid advice. I, I've said that a few times in the podcast that like I haven't had the trajectory you've had in bodybuilding, Aaron, but I did start competing a while ago. And the first time I went into competing um, for my first show, I had no idea what went into it. And I was so oblivious to how hard it was going to be. I had no idea about post-show. I never had a coach. I did everything myself. And it was just so much more difficult for me than it probably could have been if I had good guidance or if I if I knew more myself. Um, so yeah, I think it's much more normal now to get a coach and to do your first show under the guidance of a coach. And I think a lot of people do that now. Whereas when I first started, like having a coach was quite rare. Not a lot of people had coaches. But so. that, that's the reason as to why you're such an incredible coach as well, because you was forced to be in that environment where you had to learn everything yourself at the very start. 
because you didn't have that guidance there. So it pushes you to be better from a knowledge perspective that way. Because I was the exact same from that front. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing I have to pick up on that we kind of just glided over is the fact that you said you swam for Scotland. I didn't know that about you, Aaron. Yeah. I don't know that either. Yeah, I think that's why I... Like, I find a bodybuilding prep quite chill. Like, I did doing cardio in the morning, getting steps in and everything, being regimented with food, it doesn't it doesn't phase me because that's how I've been brought up my whole life. Like, I started swimming at the age of, like, five, and I swam up until I think I was, like, 14. The only reason I stopped swimming was because I had a skiing accident where I broke my collarbone and snapped my ACL. And I was in a in a cast for like a, a cast for like a year. And there was no way that I was going to be able to get to the level that I was competing at with the amount of time that I had taken out taken out of training. And because it was I, I was training like twice a day, nearly every single day from like the age of 10. So it 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 kind of was probably the reason as to why I'm so like laser focused and managed to get to get everything done because I've never known anything else. Yeah, no, I didn't know that about that. That's really interesting, actually. And like, it's funny. I'm just thinking as you're saying that, Aaron Dan. Do you remember Mitch Jarvis when he came on? And he he yeah. has pretty much the exact same story. He was a gymnast gymnastics, in yeah, the GB team, and then he tore his ACL, hurt his shoulder. I think it's the exact same two injuries as you've had, Aaron. And then. Yeah. <laughs> and then he went on to become British champion bodybuilder. So like that's that's a really cool story. I think bodybuilding training is natural to get into when you're rehabbing for an injury sometimes. Yeah. So that was like his story. So for you, obviously it's it's gone a slightly different route, but the end the end goal ended up being the same. Um yeah. so when you were let's go back to the PCA and then we'll talk about you getting your pro card after. When you were in the PCA, um did you have people saying to you like holy shit, Aaron, you've got loads of potential, like you could be a pro one day, or were you still completely oblivious at that point? I had, when I first started, there was people, because of how conditioned I managed to get for like my second show, there was, that was when people, I started to get more traction from like people messaging me and the DMs being like, yeah, you could do really really well but because I was a bikini competitor at the time nobody had really seen me in that shots so I w- it wasn't like people were saying oh you could get your get your pro card because it was a completely different scenario it, scenario at that time but yeah there there was a few a few comments but even then like I still like I always compare myself to the people at the Olympia and I'm like, I'm nowhere near <laughs> where where they're at. Do you know do you know what I mean? Have you ever been to Olympia? No, I'm dying to go. I would love to go, but I think uh, yeah. I went in 2017 and I always say I'm not just saying this because you're on the podcast, but I always say that the figure girls impress me so much yeah. because I think some of the figure girls, I mean, this is obviously like a really good crop of figure girls for the last five, six years, but some of those figure girls I saw in person at Olympia, they're so much more impressive in real life than they are, you know, on in pictures. Because in pictures, you don't really get a gauge of how small their joints are, how small their waist is. And like, for whatever reason in figure, the waist to shoulder to quad ratios are just crazy compared to even the men's classes. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. it is definitely my my favourite class. Um, <clears throat> I think the last, it, it just, I've seen quite a big shift in terms of muscularity the past two years, maybe. Like some of the girls that's winning pro shows are ginormous. They're huge. And I think the look has, has changed a little bit. But even then, if you compare it to the girls at the Olympia, the look doesn't change. It's still small waist, big lats, big quads, a nice glute ham tie-in, but not overly, like, there's there's not, there's obviously a lot of muscle there, like, don't get me wrong, but it's balanced and it's still feminine, and that's my ethos and always will be my ethos, is I am not willing to push drugs that some people are willing to push to, to get that qualification. I'll take my time as long as I stay feminine, keep my waist nice and tight and just build on the areas that, that I need to build without actually pushing myself too far into like that supraphysiological range where you're getting all these negative side effects that, that do coincide with taking anabolics. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, without sounding like a dick, you, you can see girls who have pushed the process um it can sometimes be quite quite visual um another thing i was going to bring you back to is winning your pro card so we kind of we haven't even talked about that yet so just talk us through when your pro card and the process and and the prep and all that stuff also uh, i want you to add in as well like when was the penny drop moment for you that you thought like mm, okay i can take this to a really high level like when was that you must is there a moment in your head that you can think of to go ah oh, shit i could actually do really well in this so let's give it a go so I think that the penny drop moment was actually when I first did my first figure posing session. Okay. Because once I seen myself in that poses, I was like, oh, this actually looks okay. This actually, I was like, oh, this looks really, really good. And not being cocky or anything, but I was like, I could see the shape better. I felt more confident. I felt like my physique flowed a lot more so I think that was the penny drop that I was like I need to go all in on this prep mm -hmm. and just see where I stand where I stand basically but the prep was actually itself was was really really good I was not in condition for the 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 regional show um I came second in the in the regional but if I'm being honest I'm glad that I did it that way I'm glad that I didn't come in at 100 percent because by the time I got to that pro qualifier a couple of weeks after, I was I was bang on. But the reason why I did Italy as opposed to, to doing like an amateur Olympia in the UK, it was actually a lot cheaper. Like I got flights from Edinburgh to Italy for like £40 return. It was mental. That's a steal. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to going to going to do this and um Went over, my dad was there, two of my friends was there, James was there, and it was just so special. It was so special to have like my like circle, circle of people there with me. But the funny thing with Italy was the night before the show, that was the very, very first time that I actually managed to activate my quads in my front front shot. I didn't know how to do it until the day before my show and realized that I needed to put all the weight onto the the outside of my feet and I was like oh, 
Aaron, do you know how pissed off all the bodybuilders are going to be hearing that? That the night before you won a pro card, you figured out how to pose properly. It was it was the day before. The day before, I was like, I've got that connection now. I can feel it. I can feel my quads. So when Red I was up on, when I was up on the stage, yeah. every single time I went into my front shot, all my friends and my dad was like scream, screaming because I managed to I managed to do it. So it was such an incredible, an incredible day. But I actually got stung by a wasp the day before my show as well. I was doing a check-in and I was like trying to open, you know how like abroad they've got those like wooden boards behind the windows. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. open it in the pitch black and a wasp like stung me in the in my back. So I messaged my coach, oh. like, yeah, that's good luck. <laughs> So it must have been my little good luck charm. I mean, it worked, didn't it? Obviously, obviously, you were fine. The wasp thing didn't actually affect you when you're pro card, but like, yeah. how can that be good luck? That's like when people say a bird, a bird shitting on your head yeah. is good luck. I was that's bad luck. That's not good yeah. luck. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's good luck. So I was like, yeah, it's good luck. I'm winning my pro card tomorrow. <laughs> so, do you still work with Callum Restrick? Yes, still so work with him now. Yes, that I think it's five years this. Four years this year that we've been wow. working together now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his stuff. I think he's so knowledgeable and um, I followed him for a while. Um, I actually remember meeting him a few years ago at Frontline Fit when he PT'd out of there. Um, and uh, yeah, seems just seems like a really good guy. So has he said to you, like, like prior to winning your pro card, was he like, look, Aaron, I think you can go pro? Yeah, he did. So when I sent them that shot, he was like, yeah, we're trying to get the pro card, trying to get that pro card this year. So he kind of did, because the call is someone that won't blow smoke yeah. up my ass. Like when I check in, it's like, thanks for your check-in. This is the changes and adjustments. There's no like emotion towards it. He won't be like, yes, we're on track. We're exactly where we need to be. He's very like, blunt so when he does say something like that i'm like okay i i believe you but like i'll i'll do whatever you say kind of thing yeah there's merit in what he says yes yeah. definitely no that's cool and like for people listening because obviously Aaron, like the demographic of our podcast is really widespread Huge. We, have, we have people who are just getting into the gym we have some people who are competing in bodybuilding and we have some people that have literally no idea what bodybuilding really is unless they've heard me talk about it so like um for people listening who don't know Aaron or who don't really follow bodybuilding they don't really know how it works it's very very difficult to win a pro card and I can't stress enough how difficult it is and I think you and one other. I think we have two active pros. Am I right in saying that in Scotland? Yeah, me and Karen Gibson. So Karen, yeah, Karen Gibson, I think, won her pro card the weekend after me, I think. Yes. So you're the first. I think so. What yes. about, the, I forgot her name. I feel terrible. I forgot her name. She, she uh, does fitness. Alex. 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 Yeah. Alex. So there's Alex as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So Scotland has three IFBB pros. They're all females. I think that'll probably change this year. There'll probably be one or two guys. Um, but it's just such a good achievement and so, so difficult to do. And I feel like, you know, if you if you don't understand bodybuilding or you've never followed the IFBB, you don't necessarily appreciate how difficult it is to become a pro. You know, because in other sports, it can be quite easy to become a pro. There's thousands of pros. Um, in bodybuilding, it's very, very difficult. So when you when you got that pro card, when you 
when you were in Italy and, you know, they called out your name, new IFBB pro, like, what did you feel like? What did you think at the time? I felt, I felt on the ground because I, you know, the way that he's like, I knew IFBB pro. I was visualizing that moment since the start of my prep. I was watching videos of other people. I'm actually getting goosebumps speaking about this right now. I visualized that moment. I visualized him saying, and knew I am baby pro. And then he just went from Scotland and <laughs> said my name. And I just fell to the ground. I was like, I can't believe this has just happened. I just couldn't <clears throat> believe, I couldn't talk. Like it was just, it was unbelievable. But I just imagined that moment for, for so long in the lead up to it. Cause it was all I was thinking about while I was doing my cardio. Like I am Mm -hmm. someone that when I'm in prep and especially when I'm like six weeks out, I won't listen to music. I won't do anything. I'll just like, I'll just visualize and I'll just Mm -hmm. think of like my routine. I'll like visualize myself like walking on stage, nailing my routine, nailing my my poses. Like that's the kind of things that that I'll do in the the lead up to, to my show when yeah. I did cardio so it was like so surreal that it had happened what did you do your opposing routine to in Italy with IFBB we don't do it's we don't do opposing routine so we've oh. just got we've just got an eye walk so oh. we, yeah IFBB bikini and figure do eye walks it's physique and bodybuilding that do that do routines right that oh. was one of the reasons why I didn't do I didn't do figure as well with with PCA because I was like do a routine in my first season I would have went on and like did the Macarena or something <laughs> I would have paid to see that <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny um yeah so obviously you've won your pro card at that point and then I think we talked about this in person I think you said you give yourself a while off after yeah. that so you give yourself like an extended off season to put on some muscle yeah because I was tiny. I was only, when I won my pro card, I was 46 kilos. Really? That's 40, like one of my... 46 kilos. I was that's, tiny. That's like one of my legs. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just a little a little baby. And I just wanted to, because at the, at the show as well, it was amazing because like there was loads of big pros there. Like Flex Lewis was there. Like he spoke to me for ages after I came off stage. And I just remember him just saying, he was like, don't rush to do your pro show. Enjoy this moment. You only ever turn pro once. So just enjoy this time before you're at the bottom of the, the bottom of the, the bottom of the sea. We didn't say sea. I can't remember what he said, but it was like the bottom of the ocean or something. He was like, just just enjoy this moment that's the thing it's like when you i heard um i think it was kuba and james holland said talk about this a while ago that when you turn pro like people think that when you're a great amateur you become a great pro but basically great amateur and then you go into the bottom of the pros and then you have to work your way up the pros so like that's a process in itself isn't it yeah yeah definitely and they're like with my class as well there's no, there's no height divisions. Like, I'm up against mammoths. Like, the one of the when when I did my mammoths debut, mammoths. There was like 
And she was like, 20 kilos heavier than me on stage. And I'm like, <laughs> so it, 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 I am just one of the, like, I am in it for the process. I love the process. And as long as I'm showing up, being better than my previous package, I know that I'll eventually get there. I know mm -hmm. that with time and because I'm so disciplined with it that I'll get there eventually. Like every, there's no point trying to rush the process. And I'm not someone that just gets on stage every single year just for the sake of it. Mm -hmm. Like the off season is the most important part that a yeah. lot females especially do neglect because of like Instagram and like that kind of kind of thing. The limelight's tucking off. Like it's mm. the off season where the where the work's done. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I think. think it, uh, you go sorry. So one thing I was going to ask is um. So it's good hearing about your journey and you know how you got started and all and, and where you are now and hearing that you love the process. I think you know one thing I take away from Matt all the time is that you gotta enjoy it, you gotta enjoy what you're doing. So I think other than that, you know, you said you were from Aberdeen, but you're actually from Fraserburgh, aren't you? Yes. Which not many people will know where that is, but a little town up in the northeast. I'm from Turriff from Five so not that far away. Yeah. Um how has it been a struggle for you being from the Northeast, being a woman in the sport? And uh, yeah, what are some of the things you've kind of had to like sacrifice in terms of like relationships and social life? I think people would really love to hear like what you've, all the skin that you've had to put in the game, really. Yeah. So going right back to when I first started. So before I got into bodybuilding, I was a little bit lost with where I was going. I had mm -hmm. no idea where I was going. I was living weekend to weekend. I was going out drinking every weekend. I was working for my dad at the time doing mechanical engineering. And then I went away. I was supposed to go on a girl's holiday. To, I think it was like um, Ibiza or something. And I went away to America to work in a summer camp instead. So I went over to a summer camp and taught kids how to play golf and how to swim and that's when I realized that I loved helping people I loved seeing people six like succeed I realized that I was like a people person so that's mm -hmm. when I was like thinking about careers and I was like right I need to do something that's going to combine my passions with helping people and I was like mm -hmm. PT I'll become a PT so Became a PT and then met that girl and then nobody bodybuilded. Nobody did bodybuilding really in Fraserburgh. Like I think I was the first person to, well, not the first person because obviously there was people to compete maybe years and years before me, but I was one that well, I was the only person at that time. Mm -hmm. And I lost 99% of my friends from mm -hmm. from it. But it, if I'm being honest, I put myself in that position. I was like, um, I need to do this for me. I need mm -hmm. to do this for for me. My mom was a little bit like on the edge about it because, again, she didn't know anything about it. She didn't know what it was about. My dad was very, very supportive of it. Um, I think because he's like a business owner, he kind of like knew that it would kind of lead to to more line, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then my mum came round to let 
after my first competition, which was good. But it was difficult. It was really, really, really hard. But at the time I was training at the Maximum Fitness, if you guys, if you know what Maximum Fitness is, it's called the Fitness Clan now, but it was called Maximum Fitness. And the guy that owned that gym was like a, a big body, a big bodybuilder. Um, mm-hmm. He passed away the year that I did my first competition, but he was very supportive. Um, so I was lucky to have a close network, but I then moved to McDuff, which was worse than Fraserburgh to live with James. So I lived right. in McDuff. I had a Smith machine. I had a really old leg press and a cable machine. And I was an like, aquarium. Oh. You got an aquarium up there. yeah, we had an aquarium in the world's worst Tesco. Um, <laughs> so I lived, I lived there for like a year and a half, and I'm just very, very, very lucky that James understands, and he moved basically for me. Like he quit his job and everything to go somewhere else. Um, but even then, like being in Aberdeen, I, I wouldn't move anywhere else now. I wouldn't move to England. Like I've been and trained in some of the best gyms in England and nothing beats Aberdeen. Nothing beats the environment, a warehouse or the equipment. The equipment, we've got everything. <clears throat> like even an ultra flex, flex, the environment's just, environment's not the same. It's not I also, the same. I also think your accent's suited to the Northeast as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Well, Definitely. to be honest, if you if you went to Ultraflex, people would need subtitles to even know what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> exactly. I'm here to translate for the people that don't understand, so don't worry. <laughs> and um, another thing I was going to ask you about, kind of on this topic of sort of like losing friends and things like that, the difficult side of bodybuilding that, to be honest, not many people talk about because it it's kind of more difficult to speak about that. It's easier to talk about winning pro cards and stuff. Um, yeah. One thing I was going to ask you about is what do you think about the stigma of female bodybuilding within normal society and have you experienced a lot of negative comments about being a girl with a lot of muscle i get it every day i get i get it every single day there's always somebody commenting on one of my social media platforms giving me hate it's 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 honestly every day but i've i've learned how to ignored it I think with when I first started there was a lot of stigma with it but even then it's it's realizing that everybody's got an opinion everybody has the right to have an opinion we're not meant to be the same not everybody's meant to have the same personalities likes dislikes and when I realized that I became much more I became happier because I found my people I found the people that 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 understand that understand like what we need to remember as well is that bodybuilding's very very small and small sport in the grand scheme of things if you compare it to like football or rugby we're very very small so not everybody not everybody gets it not everybody not everybody understands it mm-hmm. but yeah i i just ignore it i just ignore the best way I ignore the comments. They don't bother me anymore. Apart from the one, there was a guy a couple of weeks ago that said I had shit biceps in comparison to my lats and quads. And I can't stop looking at my back. <laughs> You're like, you shit small biceps. <laughs> I, I want to see this guy's physique that commented. 
I know, I know. It's just because we're different, like we're 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 different. But one thing that is important to me is is femininity. I won't ever cross that cross that boundary just to get that's good status. You know what I mean? Do you want to do you want to go into a little more detail on what you mean by that, Erin? Because I I I know what you're saying, but yeah. I think people listening to this won't really know, know what you're getting at with that. Yeah. yeah so- for those that are listening who are maybe first-time competitors or new to this sport, it is very common, it is more common than not, for females to take PEDs during their fitness journey. It is not for everyone, if I'm being honest. like 99% of bikini competitors should not be using assistance, especially androgens. So androgens are... Our, our androgens are what is going to push you into a supra-physiological range. So it'll take you out of your, if you was to look at a blood test, it would take you out of your normal range in, in, in terms of where your testosterone, your estrogen, and your like your FSH, LH, etc. set up. Mm-hmm. And when you take that as a female, this can cause virilization. So virilization is basically you transitioning into a man. This is what is going to cause facial hair growth. It is going to cause an enlargement of the clitoris. It is going to cause um, changes to, to your voice. And this is what needs to be monitored significantly because we are not small men. Females can't take... The same amount of assistance is is what a male can, um, because if we did, those changes would happen a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So I'm very open in regards to my PED, my PED use, and I am open to to talk about it because I'm not pushing that boundaries. I know my limits. I'm not taking a lot. I'm not. I would never take it for a long period of time. And I don't, with saying that as well, I never took any assistance throughout my whole improvement season last year because I knew that when I was in prep, that's when I needed that time of exposure. When Mm -hmm. I'm in prep, when I'm at risk of losing muscle tissue. But you've got to remember as well, like I'm a professional bodybuilder. I do this for... A living it's mm-hmm. i'm not I'm someone that's just going to the gym to lose a little bit of weight it's not recommended for everyone and if you're someone that's just starting you shouldn't minimize that you should definitely minimize the the use of of androgens as a female no i appreciate you being so honest about that Aaron, i agree with I that a lot of people um it's very taboo it's taboo yeah. for anyone to talk about PED usage in sports, but especially females, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and you don't hear a lot of females actually ever talking about it. So I appreciate you being honest about that. And um, what I was going to say as well, I just forgot to to pick up on the point of the guys, um, not all guys, obviously, but people commenting on your social media, commenting negative things. I think um, for anyone else listening to this who kind of deals with what Aaron's had to deal with and gets a lot of comments, like, at the end of the day, I think it what you say about other people in a negative sense, it reflects more on you than the person you're commenting on. So for a lot of, especially when men are commenting on photos of you, Aaron, that is, to me, the way I perceive that, them projecting their own insecurities. They're seeing, yeah. they're seeing a female who's more muscular, stronger, and 
you know, in a physical sense, better than them. That's how they're seeing it. And their way of dealing <clears> with that insecurity is to negatively come at you, you know, to, for them to deal with it in their own head. It's it's the, the classic example I use is the middle-aged men who slag off Cristiano Ronaldo and call him a poof. You know, yeah. they, they love football and they, their dream life is what Ronaldo has. And to be a good looking guy, he's rich. He's one of the best footballers in the world. Like it's just their way of dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Completely agree. Because it's it, just, is, it is just, it is just Western men. It is, the majority is just Western men. And what do they look like? The majority of them are, are overweight. Um, and that's just the way it is. So I that's what I always remember as well. Yeah, I think it's important to think of that perspective before you let some some comment of a random person that you don't know affect you. You know, if you were to take that personally, Aaron, you'd be miserable every day, you know, because if you're getting that so regularly on your social media, if you actually didn't think it through, it would make you feel terrible all the time, you know? So I think once you realise that, it, it must help. Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, Because I think the reason I bring it up again is because I think a lot of female bodybuilders deal with that. Do you not think? Mm. Oh, every, more than men. I, I think every single female at some point will get hate, one hundred percent, because we look different from the norm. The the norm. The norm. What is normal? Like everybody's got their own definition of what normal normal is. It is just going to be about just disconnecting and not focusing on the the negative comments. I am in a position where I, I, I don't really look through comments too much anymore because I know that they are going to be there. So I'm just like, I, I'm not interested. I'll just post and leave it. Do your thing. That's yeah. that's all. So we're now at present time. You've won your pro card and everything. Off seasons went well. What's the plan for you now? What's next? So I am... Um, nine weeks out this week I'm nine weeks out from my first competition of the season so I'm competing in Spain for my first show and then I'll be competing in in Portugal a couple of weeks a couple of weeks after I think because I'm still very new into the, the pro league as well I'm not sure I don't know what my expectations are I don't don't have expectations because the shows that I did for the the shows that I did my pro debut, like the I did the Puerto Rico pro, pro that was in the Bahamas because of COVID, and I did Orlando Pro. Those are two of the biggest um pro shows in the world. They're huge, huge shows. So I was up against like I think there was like six Olympians at Orlando. So I I don't I don't know what my expectations are. I, I'm, I got top 12 in the Puerto Rico Pro, so I'm hoping for a top 10, hopefully. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, I've, I've watched a couple of Orlando Pros over the years, and they're always stacked lineups in that one. Um, sometimes with open bodybuilding and 212, you get quite small categories of guys in those shows. But it seems to be in figure, there's always tons of girls show up. Yeah, there was over 30. There was over 30 at that show. Which Why, was, what is that? I have no idea. But I've never competed in Europe either. But the thing with Europe is those are where the big girls are. Though the Europe, they're, I keep saying mammoths. I shouldn't. Mammoth. 
well, let's, but I'm just meaning like, I, I, it's inspirational, don't get me wrong, but they are big girls. They are big girls, but with, you, with I find in Europe, the look changes quite a lot. Like not when you see the top, <clears throat> the look changes massively. Whereas if you look at like the American pro shows, that top five, it's very minute details between them. They've all got very similar shape, structure, but with Europe, it's, it is mixed. So I'm unsure. Is the Spanish show the one that's in Alicante? Yes. Yes, that's that always looks like a good show. I've seen that a couple of times and um, like the lights and everything. It just looks like a real proper bodybuilding show, that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it, but I'm more excited for Portugal because with P Portugal has got one of the best pro shows because you come out of the, you come out of the ground so Portugal's got a revolving stage. That's so, the one I was. I was thinking, wow. is that Portugal? You, yeah. you come, you come up, and then there's smoke, and then you're just in a pose, and then the the the, the it's the stage spins. Yeah, is like your first look, and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be unreal. That's the kind of thing like you'll just remember when you're an old lady, like sitting yeah. in your chair, like remember that that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I know I can't wait for it but yeah no expectations we'll just enjoy the process and, and, and see what happens with that said no expectation what is your goal in bodybuilding to get to the Olympia to get to the Olympia would be the, the goal absolutely but it is harder now you've got to win a pro show so it's like I'll, I'll try my best. I'll do whatever 100%. it takes. As long as I get better, become better. For those listening who don't know anything about how uh, the pro league structure is in bodybuilding, the Olympia is like the holy grail. It's the biggest competition you can get to. And it's basically the best physique in the world is Mr. and Miss Olympia. That is yeah. the best physique on the planet. So within amateurs, it's very different. Um, but that's the, the cream of the crop in pro division. That is the Olympia. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's quite a hefty goal. I know. And if you did get there, you'd be the first ever Scottish figure pro to get there. Yes. And I don't think Karen is actively competing, is she? No, I, I don't even think she's training anymore. I don't yeah. think she's training anymore. Oh, no, I won't be the first Scott. Alex is the first one. That's Alex... why I said figure, because she does. Oh, yeah. Okay, things. yeah. Figure, yeah. 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 So yeah, that would be that would be such a. Imagine saying that. I'm a, like, I imagine you sit at home thinking, like, I'll be the first ever Scott to be on that stage and figure. <laughs> I know, but we'll see. We'll just keep going. We'll see yeah, where. Just keep going. Yeah. Awesome, Dan. Have you got anything else you want to go over? I think that's it. It's been awesome speaking to you and hearing your story so far. Um, you know, obviously, me uh, and you know, we battered on about this so much on the podcast that like my knowledge of bodybuilding was largely through Matt, but we've had some really cool guests on. I think you're probably one of the first that's been really open and honest about everything that is that you do, the PEDs and things like that. So that was really good to hear um, because I wasn't sure if you would open up about it or not, but yeah, it was really interesting. I just like to be as transparent as possible. It's the best way. It's the best way. Because there's, there's no point be hiding behind a mask or 
making it like unknown, like that it's obvious. It's obvious. And I'm here as a coach myself, like I'm here to educate females to do to go down the safest route possible. Mm-hmm. For them to go down this and, and to provide knowledge to, to other females as well, because there is a lot of information out there that is bullshit, basically. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. It, it's yeah. quite frustrating, actually, because I think yeah. it's very, very difficult. If you know absolutely nothing, it's more difficult now, in my opinion, than ever to know what's right and wrong, because there's so many conflicting opinions. And there's a lot of people who play the Instagram game of looking great. They market themselves very cleverly, but they actually know absolutely nothing about what they're talking about. Um, and it's it's really frustrating because, you know, even I've had conversations with people and they're like, oh, such and such said this. And I'm like, why are you listening to that? Like, they don't know what they're talking about, you know? Yeah. So, and when it comes to like what you've spoke about, about viralization and like female PED use, like if you if you get this wrong, you know, if a young girl just takes up, PED usage and wants to become a bodybuilder if she gets this wrong she can have long lasting effects on her health that she wasn't aware of when she first went down that route yeah so some of them are reversible as well yeah yeah so i think it's an important thing to to know about if you're going to go down that route so you know if anyone's listening to this and they are considering going down that route make sure you know what you're doing before you start it and make sure you're either getting coached by someone who knows their stuff or you're seeking advice from someone who's actually been there and done it because <laughs> otherwise you're kind of just, you know, you're, you're taking a risk basically. Yeah. Playing a dangerous game. Mm. So we don't like to batter on too long and, and we'll hopefully everyone's continued listening to this point. Cause it, it has been pretty interesting listening to what you had to say. And Definitely. I hope the listeners think the same thing. Um, we can't thank you enough for your time. Really appreciate you coming on. Um, and Second I would love to, <laughs> and I would love to have you back on down the line once you, once you've competed again. Yes, definitely. It was really, really good. Yeah. And, and um, on a podcast in a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, for, before we go, for anyone who wants to follow your stuff that isn't already following you, do you want to give yourself a little plug? So my Instagram is erint.ifbbpro.com and i've got a podcast as well take up your space podcast that is launching on sunday nice the timing timing of that it's more more for more from a mindset perspective helping females to not give a shit about what other people think of them so speaking about that that we was talking about with like body image etc it's it's going to be targeted around that and are you doing that yourself or you got someone else doing it with you i'm just doing it myself yeah yeah. Oh, also you can check that out if you're interested to hear what um what Aaron has to say on those subjects. Um, but yeah, thanks again, Aaron. We'll finish up there for another episode of Two Pints of Water and a Packet Away. <laughs>